You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Food Freedom Podcast. I am currently feeling on top of the world because well, if you're a contact where you'll relate with this, I where I guess they're like the monthly contacts, I think is what they're called, where you're supposed to change them every month, which of course means I change them probably every three months. <laughs> and so the past few days, my eyes have really been bother- bothering me when I put contacts in, like they're itching and it's just annoying, it's whole thing. So finally today I was like, eh, yeah, it's probably time to put in a new pair of contacts. So I did and wow. It's amazing. So now I can see clearly. My eyes are not bothering me. Life is good. (laughs) So let's talk about the keto diet. The keto craze is everywhere and it's been everywhere for a while and I don't think it's going anywhere. (laughs) We see products advertised on grocery store shelves and on menus that now have keto as like a dedicated diet. You can find keto approved meals, keto approved food in the grocery store, headlines about it. It's it's everywhere. So first let's start by kind of digging into what exactly the keto diet is. So the keto diet is a diet that's high in fat and very, very, very low in carbs. And then the protein is kind of moderate. The goal of the keto diet is that a very small percentage of your daily intake will come from carbs. A typical recommendation is that about half of your daily intake, if not more, will come from carbs. So it's cutting back drastically how much carbs you're consuming. And so in turn, the keto diet puts a heavy emphasis on consumption of meat, cheese, avocados, other high fat type foods. And really the keto diet is similar to the Atkins diet, which was popular in the 90s basically low carb diet. The keto diet puts a little bit of a stronger emphasis on fat and being very, very low carb, but all in all, it's pretty much the same. And the eating pattern of keto, if you think about what I just talked about, of being very, very low carb, means that it eliminates a lot of fruits and vegetables. Because spoiler alert, vegetables are carbs. And fruits and vegetables both are high in fiber and in carbs as well as lots of essential micronutrients. So from a simplistic perspective, it would make sense that, okay, our body can use fat instead of carbs. This, it seems like it'll work. And, you know, maybe I'll lose weight because I'm using fat instead of carbs for energy. But our bodies aren't that simple. And a lot of times the weight loss that people see, especially at the beginning of the keto diet, is more so just from the calorie deficit of maybe they're cutting back the amount of carbs that they're consuming, but they're also probably consuming less calories than they were before. And so 
The research shows that with diets like the keto diet, 90 to 95% of the people regain as much as two-thirds of the weight they lost within one year and gain back almost all of the weight, if not more, within five years. And so just like with any other diet, with the keto diet, sure, you may see weight loss at first. You may see weight loss for six months. But what we know to be true from research is that very, very, very often... <clears throat> But what we know for, from research is that very, very often you'll gain back that weight eventually. So the history of the keto diet, where did it start? Where did it come from? Why in the recent 10 or so years has it become such a craze? Well, the keto diet's actually been around since the 1920s, and it was developed as a therapeutic diet for children with epilepsy, which is seizure disorder. And research has found that there's a big reduction, about 50% reduction in seizures from patients who follow this diet. So with this diet, patients with epilepsy would consume a very small amount of carbohydrates, which then forces their body to use fat for energy instead. But a very important thing with this is that when people are on this diet, when patients are on this diet, especially when they're first initially put on this diet, it's under the supervision of medical professionals, including dietitians, to really advise the patients following this diet. Because when a patient starts this diet, all of their food has to be weighed to ensure the proper ratio because it's a really, really big deal and very important to ensure that they have the proper ratio of fats to carbs. And so really, if you're listening to this and you've been on the keto diet before, there's a chance, probably a strong chance, that you might not have even ever actually been in ketosis or maybe been in it as often as you thought. And since each individual's metabolism works so differently and that ratio of fats to carbs is so different for everyone, blood and urine tests have to be monitored really closely to ensure that the patient stays in ketosis. And that's vital to help prevent or reduce seizures. And there is further research going on to explore if it can also help with if the keto diet can also help with Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and multiple sclerosis, but there's still more research to be done in those areas. But there is quite a bit of research that has been done in the areas of epilepsy. So aside from epilepsy, putting that aside, our bodies are made to run off of carbohydrates for energy. That is more so meant to be our long-term energy stores. So when we kind of get in those worst case scenario situations, when our body doesn't have enough carbs or we've been depleted of carbs. So a way to explain this to clients is if we think about a car. So we have regular tires on a car and then we have spare tires, right? So carbohydrates are like our regular tires. They get us places safely, take us all around, all that jazz. I've literally never said that phrase before, but all that jazz. <laughs> Fats, on the other hand, are like our spare tires. So spare tires are only meant for emergency situations. You're driving, your tire blows, you realize you ran over a nail, whatever happens, and you're like, well, great. Now I need to change my tire because my regular tire is not working and I need to get places. So you put your spare tire on. But the spare tire is not going to take you on a cross-country road trip. Your spare tire is not what you're supposed to be using for 
weeks and weeks on end, really even days and days on end. It's like you put the spare tire on, you get what you need to get done that day, and you take the car to the car shop and get the tire fixed. The same is true with our body and with carbs and with fat. Fat can be our energy, but it's not meant to be our long-term energy. Our body's meant to run off of carbs, and so when we run out of carbs, we can utilize fat for that backup plan, but it's not going to last us very long. And then what happens is our body then has to go into more and more and more things to find energy, because eventually it's going to run out of fat, and it's going to have to use other things as well for that energy. And as your body adjust to using fat instead of carbs for energy when you are on the keto diet it's common to experience what people call the keto flu for a couple of weeks and aside from the fact that that wouldn't be a red flag in itself of okay i'm starting this diet and it's giving me flu-like symptoms hmm that seems normal no <laughs> it doesn't and i've had the flu before and it is not fun it was terrible. And it was not fun. <laughs> so as our body adjusts to using fat instead of carbs for energy, you may experience what's called the keto flu for the first few weeks of being on the keto diet. And if that isn't a red flag in and of itself that you could start a diet and it would give you flu-like symptoms like I'm sorry I've had the flu before and no it's not fun so kind of consider that of like oh the warning label may cause flu-like symptoms huh okay maybe not <laughs> so people were report feeling achy nauseous unable to think straight and then if you can make it through that phase of the diet if you overcome the keto flu what it can also do is increase your risk for kidney stones and hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. It can cause you to have loss of bone density, cause you to have electrolyte imbalance and constipation and many other things. And so thinking about that, thinking about the side effects of doing a diet like the keto, you really kind of need to put it through this filter of, okay, do the pros outweigh the cons? Am I so focused on losing weight that I'm willing to basically knowingly give myself flu-like symptoms, knowingly restrict myself from a food that gives my body energy. So really what we've seen is that even the biggest keto advocates say that it shouldn't be followed long-term. And if we hear that, we should know there's a problem with the diet because really with diets in general, and this is why the failure rate of diets is so high, is because if you can't maintain a diet long-term, any of the results that you saw are going to disappear because let's use the keto diet for example you cut out carbs or you eat very minimal carbs and then eventually you quit the diet and you add the carbs back in it's very normal for your body to gain weight as a response to that so what i encourage you to do is to really think through whether it's the keto diet or whether it's another diet out there think through like what I just said. Okay, what are the pros and what are the cons of this? And do the pros really outweigh the cons? Is this something I can see myself being on five years from now, one year from now? And a question I encourage all my clients to ask when it comes to diets is asking yourself, one, okay, is this sustainable? Two, 
is this going to impact my quality of life and my mental health? Because if it is, it's not worth it. If it's going to impact your relationships and what you do in your free time and your grocery bills and your sanity and all of these things, it's not worth it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. And be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'll see you next episode.